0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: In Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. And Jesus answered and said to him, verse 12, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus quoting Deuteronomy 6.16. Deuteronomy 6.16 is interesting because it's referring to, don't tempt the Lord your God as you did at Meribah. When you look at Exodus chapter 12, you read that story. And this is what it says. It says, therefore, the people contended with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Now, does this sound so unreasonable? You know, you're thirsty, you can only go so many days without water. How many? Three to five, I guess if you're super hydrated, right? I mean, you can't go very long. And so they're thirsty. This is a basic need. And why is this such a bad thing? Moses is their leader. Shouldn't they demand water from Moses? No, because God is the one who brought them to the Red Sea. God is the one who brought them into the wilderness. And God was the one who was going to supply all their needs. And so contending and blaming Moses and saying, you're the one, it's your fault. And saying, you know, God brought us out here to die. They're tempting the Lord. And then there comes a point when we're in stress and we're completely overwhelmed and, and we can raise our fist to God and say, God, why are you doing this to me? You need to do something now. You need to fix this. This is your fault. It's really sad. Don't tempt the Lord your God. If you tempt the Lord your God, is he going to fix it? Probably. He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in mercy, abounding in loving kindness. But not always. Sometimes he just puts you in time out or snuffs you out or whatever. You know, I think of Ananias and Sapphira. They tempted the Lord God and what did he do? He killed them pretty wild. I think sense, if and were in heaven. I just think that God made an example of them. Nadab and Abihu, Korah in the rebellion against Moses. <clears throat> Sometimes God just removes the obstacle if you're going to be a problem. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't do things saying, well, God will, God will forgive me if I do this. That's not the point. Yeah, he's going to forgive you, but how, what kind of devastation are you going to bring on your life and among, among everybody else if you do that thing that God clearly says don't do? What are we supposed to do? We're, we're supposed to, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It's always to trust in the Lord. It's always to put our faith in him. Even when everything seems to be going out of control. Even when we don't see a resolution. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm just like, especially over this last year, I just want to turn to Romans 8.28 just to make sure it's still there. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You know, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life that I've been, the, a constant prayer in my life has been Psalm 13. How long, oh Lord? How long until you answer my prayer? How long is this going to go on? And maybe it's that kid who, who's just not going in the right direction. You know, they, they, they left home and now they're just, you don't know where they are, what they're doing. And your heart is aching and you're saying, God, please, how long? How long do I have to suffer with this cancer? How long do I have to, to go through this trial? How long, oh Lord, until you deliver me? But here's the thing that we know, guys, is that we, we will always be delivered. He always leads us to victory. I, I can imagine what Job went through for months as he, he went through the suffering that he went through. How long, oh God, until I'm vindicated? And you know what? God never told him. He never gave him. Why? He never told him why. And I, I have a professor would say, well, I just don't like it. I don't like it either. But you know what? Paul tells us that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There is no suffering, even Job's style, that we're going to go through that aren't going to pale in comparison to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. And so even though life in this, in this life, that our trials in this life, are going to overwhelm us at times, and there seems to be no resolution, and maybe there never will be a resolution, that God has something greater that's going to far surpass that in glory when we can bank on that we're going to heaven guys we're going to heaven and so we shouldn't tempt the lord our god verse 13 it says when the devil had ended every temptation he departed from him until a more or until an opportune time okay this is getting inconvenient we're going to wait till it's more convenient for me it's crazy it's it's a beautiful thing when the temptation is ended oh i love what matthew says in in matthew chapter 4 verse 11 it says the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered to him they brought him angel food cake and coffee what a perfect end to that horrible temptation first john chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 tells us this and, and this is really where we got to get our this is what this whole section should teach us what john tells us in first john chapter 2 verse 15 and 17 it says: do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world notice this the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. That last one, I didn't mention it, but that last one was the pride of life. You know, desirable to make one wise, as Eve ate of the fruit. That, you know, look at all, or I mean, throw yourself off the temple and let everybody see, let, let everybody exonerate you. let see that you're something special. The pride of life. John says, these are the things, the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. The pride of life, don't be driven by those things. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion. To and fro, right? Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are, not experience, are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Satan looks for those opportune times to, to take you out, to whittle you down. It's when you're weak, it's when you're frail, it's when you're worried, it's when you're stressed. That's when Satan pounces like a lion on you and bites you. It's always the one who's in the back of the pack, the one who's suffering, the one who's struggling, who has a wounded leg that gets taken out by the cheetah or the lion or the the bear. Actually, I don't think bears hunt like that. But anyway, you know what I mean. How do we resist him? How do we resist steadfast in the faith? We, We remember God's word. We remember God's promises. We co- quote God's words. Who are we quoting God's word to? The devil? Ourselves. We're remembering, we're strengthening our faith in, faith in the face of the attack. God, I know your word says this. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, warns us, lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan would love nothing more And to turn us against each other, to divide us, to ruin us, to trash us. But God allows us to go through these things. And I've said this, and I'm not saying it's an easy lesson. It's hard for me, just as much as it is for you. But when we're hurt by somebody else, when we face trials or, or persecution within the church, it is good for us. It is for our good. It's for our... Maturity or perfection as we work through those things, because as we work through those things and we find ourselves victorious on the other side, we become impervious to Satan's attacks. Because we've won before. I want to end with this. James says this, James 4 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He goes on to tell us to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil. That's what we're called to do, guys. And we resist him by the power of God's word. He cannot stand in the presence of faith. And so the, the Lord would, would encourage us, and, and maybe you're going through a struggle or you're going through a trial. This morning, you've been hammered in some way. You've been fighting that diagnosis or fighting that financial situation or struggling with whatever temptation or, or dependency or, or risk that you're facing. To know that God is bigger than all of those things. And we have to resist the, resist the devil to draw near to God. Let him draw near to us. Cleanse our hands. Change our double mind and humble ourselves in the sight of God. Let
0: Him work those things out in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemment.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.